What's in the box? What's in the suitcase? What's in the box? Deep Shots. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Deep Shots. Wade, how are you, buddy? Good, Slavic. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Getting ready for my hiatus. So that starts next week. That's going to be uh, fun. I, I typically catch up on a lot of movies. I think last year I caught up on Westworld, which was a thriller. Couldn't finish the third season. It's, it's such a shame because I was hoping that show was going to be great. It has now since been canceled and moved to one of those ad, uh, like a Tubi or something like that. That, that worked out great. But wanted to ask you something. So I somebody uh, mentioned to me, I won't name any names because I don't want to. I learned, and I've known you, man, I've known you for. 15 years. 13 years, 15 yeah. years. I learned that you might have a hobby that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. And quite frankly, I'm a little upset because you're one of my closer friends. So for me to not know this is uh, pretty mind boggling. But do you like making master level Legos? What? That's what I heard. I made some Star Wars Legos a couple of years ago, but I don't know about master. What it's a master level Lego? I, I guess I don't. So they have these adult ver like so you can get the kids version Millennium Falcon, which is like a hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. But then you can get the adult version, which is like seven hundred and fifty bucks. No, whoever ratted me on legos uh did not, it told you informed you wrong so oh yeah you have a love for legos just not those not those levels. i have like five different star wars legos i've put together in the past seven years <laughs> so if that makes me a lover of legos then guilty but not a master level lego guy i guess so where this ended up is i'm gonna go after this this dude and just be like you don't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about Tell Knauer that <laughs> so um, Jason, he figured it out. Yeah. Krusty, he figured it out. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm not a how did he do that? Not a master level Lego dude. But I I mean I like Legos and I've done some. You know, I have a Falcon, I have a Star Destroyer, I have Poe Dameron's ship, I have a Lego Batman Batmobile. It's pretty cool. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so no. The reason I thought this was cool because my son, lo my oldest son, loves doing these, and they're super intricate, super intricate Legos. Uh, he's done an Indy McLaren, he's done a BMW motorcycle and a Ducati motorcycle, and then we have like a step below, which is like we have a, I think it's a Mustang and maybe a Camaro, but. Um, he loves them, and quite honestly, I love doing them too. I did a Mustang not too long ago, and I, I had a blast. But my it's very relaxing heart, I would love to get the big Millennium Falcon, the big. I mean, but it's seven hundred fifty dollars, so huh. that's a lot for a Lego. The the Death Star one that they they featured in one of the Star Wars or Spider Man movies is uh, pretty cool, but like more of a play set than it is like a lego construction set so i would have rather them done done <laughs> i would have rather they did a like scaled version of the death star i don't need like what what they did was took a sphere and 
gave you eight sections where yeah. you could relive different things. But no, the the master class Legos. Um, and forgive me, I might not be calling it the right thing. I've been looking at them as like the master class of Legos. They have some cool ones. There's an ATAT. There's um, a Millennium Falcon. There's um, Trench Run. Hmm. There's the the probe droid from Star uh, Empire Strikes Back. There's a couple of decent ones, but they're so pricey. They're so expensive. I'm like googling this right now. Like advanced Lego Millennium. Just go to Amazon. Go to Amazon. You oh, type in Millennium Falcon Lego. Eight hundred and fifty dollar Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but like it's ridiculous. It comes with like eight thousand pieces or six thousand pieces or seven thousand five hundred and forty one pieces. Wow. Guess I'm not going to the casino. Yeah, my I mean it doesn't look too different from mine, but I don't think mine had seven thousand pieces. But so yeah, thanks Jason. So I was holding on to that morsel for a couple of weeks and (laughs) crash and burn. Yeah, sorry, Crash sorry to burn. strike you out on on Legos. And so, what are we really here to talk about, Slavic? Now that uh, now that we spent five minutes on Legos. Well, we, I like having a little bit of a personal discussion in the beginning. We were told that yeah. that's something we need to that do. That is true. So I'm trying. That is true. I'm trying to appease all of the people that email us constantly, constantly about show improvements. And so I wanted to make sure that we continued that tradition. Yeah. It was Memorial Day, so what did you do for Memorial Day? Not much. I did some yard work, spread out all my mulch, and then uh, today I realized that all the whirly birds had not dropped from my neighbor's tree, so my brand new black mulch is now filled with whirly birds, and I'm pissed off. So yeah, I did some mulching. What else did we do? Super exciting stuff, like I cleaned out my shed. Oh, I changed the sh- I, I replaced the shutters on my house nearly... Nearly fell off the ladder and died. That would have been cool. But, uh, you know, I, I no, I heard you. No, that wouldn't have been cool. I, uh, I, I've been uh, the last two weekends. You've been camping again. I we're gonna get back to this uh, finger quotes camping. Uh, how how are your camping trips? Two weekends in a row. This guy goes camping in Western New York. It's not camping. It's glamping. Mm-hmm. All right, we pull up in a Taj Mahal that we haul behind us. Mm-hmm. That has every feature that you can imagine. And we, Amy got for one of the holidays a new mattress for us in the back where we have a queen size bed that we sleep on. And it was amazing. I mean, it, it, the weather was incredible, right? So it was super warm during the day. And then the temperature just dropped during the night. So you slept amazingly well. But quite honestly, it was, it was pretty incredible. Like we had four. There were five families, and we had a Mexican night, so everybody had to contribute Mexican dish. And we had a great, great, great uh, dinner all together, and everybody pitched in. It was pretty cool. And then some friends showed up. I want to know the dishes at your white person taco night. Here we go again. <laughs> Why is it got to be white person taco? I mean, we had fajitas. We had... Other things that were Mexican, <laughs> I don't even know the names. I have to. I so full disclosure, I have to be on this no iodine diet for two weeks. So anything with salt, I can't eat. So the fajitas that my wife and I made had that special salt that doesn't have iodine on it. So that's all I was allowed to eat. So 
I thought the event was great because it was just super cool that everybody brought something and contributed. We had delicious margaritas and then Modelo's were flowing. So just a really great, we do it quite often. And whenever it happens, it's, it's pretty, I'm pretty giddy about it right now, actually. Did someone bring the ground beef and someone else chopped up tomatoes? Someone else brought the sour cream. Then you had the big, thick, shredded, shredded cheddar. Um, I'm sure there was that. Yeah. I'm sure. Because that's like... White person taco Yeah, night. flour tortillas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was really cool. And, you know, the other nights we just cooked ourselves. And the kids had a blast. They caught some snakes and some cool little animals. Salamander. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's a salamander. It might be... What's that other thing that's like northern... Looks, it looks like a salamander, but they call it something else. Iguana? North. I don't remember. No. Negative. It's not a iguana. Kimono dragon? Well, whatever. I, I don't know. But uh, we played football. We played uh, cornhole. So it, we went on a big, long bike ride. That was pretty cool. And you're telling me this activity is preferred over staying at home, you know, sleeping in your own bed, cooking in your own kitchen, and streaming movies all weekend? I mean, I do that anyway. What I actually what I didn't like is so Allegheny has no cell service, can't get any connection to mm-hmm. anything. But I wanted to watch the game seven between the Celtics and the Heat, and see if uh, the Heat were going to be able to pull it off. And apparently mm-hmm. they did. So I missed that. So that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, not having a phone and and just hanging out with kids and family and our extended family that goes camping with us, pretty incredible. Pretty, There's pretty an Applebee's awesome. about 10 minutes from Allegheny. You could have just gone there. So that's where the thing is crazy is that we used to drink at each other's houses, but now it's a destination. And we, I mean, it costs some, some good so money you, to get the infrastructure to do it. You pay money to deprive yourself. Yeah. That's what camping is. Why? It's not a... No. It's, it's not a deprivation because it's freaking... Like I said, it's it's an um, the comforts are all there. We have a full kitchen, barbecue. We have two barbecues. We have air conditioning. We have I, heat. But see, we have everything you can't you need. tell me that it's better than what you have at home. So why why take your all your amenities down a level for a weekend? So no, I'm saying it is better. Now, I mean it's all relative, right? So it's all about the experience and hanging out with kids and family and like one of the things that I find just so I love it so much is when you and I grew up and we wanted to hang out with our friends we just left for the day right we told our mom and dad hey we'll see you or they threw us out and we went and played that's gone right now in in our society but when we go camping the kids all just stay together and play and have a great time for the entire day it's just, it's so cool to see. And then you have different adventures. Like we went on a bike ride or we had a bonfire. And I don't know, the opportunity for that stuff and to do it together as kind of a community. Yeah. In the long run, would I want to do it for eight months? Probably not. But for stints here and there and to see cool things. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down. I think it's going to be, it's pretty cool. My argument is that I can do all of that stuff at my house and then sleep in my own bed and cook food on my own kitchen and still 
and still have I could can have the, you guys you're over. You're the prime example. I can have you guys over. You're the prime example my of how this is. You're so full of shit because you could have all those things, but you never will. <gasps> right. So it's the land of hypocrisy because you're you're saying I would do that, but you never. There, when was the last time I I was at your house for a barbecue? Been a while. It's probably over ten years. I see you every day, but not, and you're like a barbecue magician, but never, never. So, if you were to come and hang out with us, you would have a good time too, and you would see the magic of it. I don't like you. Like people that you like, you like. <laughs> Camping was incredible. We, um, you know, I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't thank Jason for his service. So, Jason, if you're listening, which I will make you listen to for the earlier comments that came down, thank you for your service. And to all veterans, thank you for your service. Whoever I saw wearing a hat or around um, that I knew, I tried to thank. So, yeah, it was um, was a great weekend. Cool. I don't buy it. (laughs) I don't understand how that's possible, but you're a curmudgeon. You're the Grinch, man. You're the Grinch that stole Christmas. If you, look, you know what, I was about to say something that was going to get me in a lot of trouble really? with with your family, but I'm not okay, going to say yeah. it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it alone. Okay. So you guys should come and visit us, though. Like I extended that invitation, you guys should come out and visit us. You'd have a good time. So we're here tonight. So Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Yeah, we're here tonight to discuss. <laughs> Man, that is a uh, long time. Uh, a a movie minutes. that's been out for a month now because Slavic and I can't get our uh, podcast schedules together. But uh, the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy Three was released. Uh, yeah, like I said, about four weeks ago. Guardians of the Galaxy Three, the second property in uh, in Phase Five. Phase Five was uh, started off with uh, Ant Man and Quantumania. It is incredibly the thirty second movie overall in the MCU and it's the 40th property if you count the TV series which is pretty crazy as well uh written and directed by are you counting the uh, Christmas special too and all that no I didn't count that but so that would be the 41st technically if I counted the Christmas special but I was going by like series you know I mean what's crazy about that Christmas special is it drops it drops a pretty big yeah. thing for the MCU yeah. so yeah Written and directed by James Gunn. This this movie was actually supposed to come out or was next in line after Endgame, but then James Gunn got fired due to some old bad tweets about pedophilia or something crazy. And uh but then get Well, I don't think it was Yeah, wait, it was. You can't just say it was. That. It wasn't pedophilia. It, yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was just homos. Um, okay what homosexual stuff. i don't but we need to get that straight we can't just throw that right. out there tweets that <laughs> sorry james yeah yeah unless unless you really did do it <laughs> but i don't know that he should have been fired for this 20 years ago times were different but it was it a tweet yes it was a tweet Tweets of course i'm probably not gonna be able to find years. it now but well it's all right let's move on we'll, we'll follow up so here it is so the tweets were Gunn, according to The Verge, Gunn makes a number of jokes about pedophilia and molestation. Anyhow. Fuck you, James. <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> anyhow, in four weeks, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has made uh, $737 million, which kind of lines up pretty well with uh, with some of the recent movies. Um, it's, it looks like it'll probably 
get into the 800 million range, which is where Black Panther 2, far surpassing Quantumania, which even though you and I liked that movie, it got pretty panned and did not do well at the box office. So, Well, if you're saying that, but $463 million in box office earnings, what did it take to make it? Do you know? Uh, probably, the, the, you know, these movies are typically 200? 200 to 250. So, I mean, it's making money, but it's compared, it's made money. compared to other Marvel properties, which are typically in the 750 million and higher range. 463 yeah. is a, you know, paltry song. Yeah. I would take so it. anyhow, uh, this movie though was pretty interesting uh, to me. It's, you know, the tagline here was that reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. Which, it's funny here that in this at least tagline, Center Quill, because he is technically the leader of the Guardians, but that's not what this movie does. You know, we'll, I don't want to get too far into spoilers just yet, but I thought it was pretty interesting that this movie is, is kind of more centered around Rocket. Did you, did you have any thoughts on that? Well, so I... I agree that rocket definitely had a pretty prominent role in in this movie but he he has probably more of a prominent role throughout all three movies especially the first one and the third one and they do a nice job of balancing the star lord rocket kind of duality i think gamora had a little bit more in the second one because of her feud with her sister and then but and the it lo- the love interest but I don't but like I've heard that like Rocket's the main character in the story and all all that you know I just think it's balanced really well I don't I don't know that you can say that Star Lord's still the guy Chris Pratt Star Lord is what draws everybody into this this movie franchise and and I think it was really cool what he did in making Rocket kind of the person like getting his backstory and 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 how he kind of comes full circle into why he likes why he like why he is the way he is and why he likes the guardians but um i thought they balanced it very well so overall i mean did you like this movie what what did you think of it in comparison to to ant-man and you know a couple of the other movies that we've seen so far in this uh recently you know, as far as a franchise, it's one of my favorite franchises in the Marvel universe. I, I I still am amazed that they pull it off um, as well as they do. I thought the story was complete. It had a great beginning, middle, and end. There was I understood why they were doing the things that they were doing. It still had a lot of fun in it. It's a fun movie to go see. There's not much I didn't like. What I wanted to mention was I don't like the Guardians basically in anything else. I think they kind of suck in every other... Like when they're in Endgame and when they're in um, Infinity War, it's difficult to incorporate them into the system. And I don't know that it was James Gunn's vision to kill off Gamora. You know, like I, I think he wanted Gamora... He had to create a little bit of something there to make the story flow. Cause he kind of, kind of got screwed over by end game. Yeah. But he has been vocal the, in saying that, you know, there was, and he didn't say specifically, but he said there was choices that they made that he did not agree with. Now he wrote, 
he they let him write a lot of the dialogue for his for his characters in Endgame and Infinity War, but I I think he was not very pleased that they killed off Gamora. I can't imagine he's very pleased with how Quill, you know, they have Thanos's glove off, yeah. and his main character kind of loses a shit. I think in everything, like even in Thor: Love and Thunder, you know, they ended Endgame with this idea that Thor was going to be with the guardians and then love and thunder within three minutes into the movie, they're not connected anymore. And you're like, what a waste of time. Well, and I, I think there was a different plan. Like we said, this movie was supposed to be right after Endgame, And then due to the delays and COVID and what have you, this, this ends up coming up several years later. Uh, I need to break from the pot. That's independent from, I need, I'm I'm sorry, but that's independent from uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which came out after Endgame. But again, the Guardians 3 movie was supposed to happen right after Endgame. It was supposed to be the next movie in the in the line. So Oh, you're saying okay. So if the movie wasn't delayed and James saying. Gunn wasn't fired, it, there might have been a Thor and Guardians movie there that they ended up, you know, okay. scrapping. Uh, so we just need to take a quick break. I texted uh, our friend Jason Knauer saying Masterclass Legos, not me. And he said, I said, Slavic claims you said I was into them. He says, nope. So um, he's either. He's full of shit. <laughs> he's full of shit. Where's my phone? <laughs> he's full of shit. Where is this? That's pretty funny, though, that he's denying it. <laughs> so, th- th- I mean, this movie's been a, been a relative success. Um, it, it seems like it's received pretty well. Do you think that this portends well for for future movies? Do you have higher hopes for for the Marvel universe? You know, I we've both been kind of down on it uh, after. I mean, we we both liked Ant Man, but I think the the kind of the general feeling basically since Endgame is there's been a lot of misses. Uh, do you do you, I mean do you think um, this this improves your outlook or? It's interesting. I will say this: I don't think this movie did it. Anything to improve my outlook on Marvel other than I still love this. I love the Marvel Universe. What it really did was show me how bad Kathleen Turner is at managing Star Wars. Star Wars. Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Kathleen, whatever her name. Michael Douglas, Romancing the Stone, maybe. I should have looked should've, it up before. This, I was, knew this point was coming, Ka- too, and I should have. Is Kathleen Turner, was she in the movie with Michael Cage from the Supersonics with Jerry Curl? Hold on, hold on, I got it. It's Kathleen Kennedy. It's Luke Kennedy. There you go. So I going back, so she's terrible at managing Star Wars. Kevin Feige has missteps, but all in all, he's pulling off miracles, right? Because I'm still interested after 32 movies... In this franchise, mm-hmm. right? Now, granted, competition for any other movie other than Top Gun, right? There's not a ton of other things to go watch. But it really reiterated how bad the writing and how bad the... I don't Star Wars is just horrible compared to, to this. And 10 years ago, if you would have asked me... Who are you gonna? What are you gonna like better, Marvel Cinematic Universe or Star Wars? I would have been hands down Star Wars. Are you kidding me? It's, mm-hmm. it's fucking phenomenal. But I can't say that anymore. I, I like even the shows that Marvel produces compared to the shows that Star Wars produces 
are horrible. I didn't like Strange 2, but I like Strange 2 a hell of a lot better than Obi versus Darth Vader, right? And granted, they're a, movie, a show in a movie, but WandaVision, let me go to show to show. So WandaVision is much more compelling to me than Obi-Wan versus Vader, yeah. right? I mean, they're literally taking a break from producing Star Wars movies, yet these guys keep pushing, pushing through. Quantumania was a pretty decent film. You didn't like Black Panther 2, but I thought it was... I thought it was okay. Um, Love, Love and Thunder was a miss, but Strange 2, Guardians 3. I mean, they're knocking it out of the park. I, like, I can't wait for Loki Season 2. Well, if they... I want to know, like... I'm not, if they air it, there's... Well, the writing writer's strike. Well, yes. they... I mean, no, I think Lo- it's finished, but, there, you know, there's the issues with Jonathan Majors of what they're going to do there. So, I don't know what... You know, they haven't... They've been really mum about it. You know, he had his... Uh, he has some domestic violence uh, allegations that they're working through and it's really muddled the universe moving forward being that they were going to center, you know, they were Kang was going to be the next Thanos and you know, they're, I think they're, they're kind of in a scramble mode to figure out what the, what the path is forward there. What do you mean? What did I miss? Well, so before we continue breaking news in the Legos, (laughs) uh, texted back, he has seen him doing big sets via Facebook. So I'm I'm assuming he's I have seen him doing big sets via Facebook. I believe I informed him that my 10-year-old does the same sets. So he and I talked about it and he's like, "Look, Wade's in the Legos." And I was like, "What? I didn't know well, that." And he's like, "Big sets. He loves big sets." Not the ma- but not masterclass Legos. It's just the same I yeah, anyway, it's the same ones that yeah, the ten year old. So when he told it. me when he told me you did Millennium Falcon, I was like 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 eight hundred and fifty dollar one. He's like yeah, no. but obviously he just doesn't he doesn't doesn't know that that you know. I mean, for all he was like Slavic's just fucking with me. All right, so going back to this, Kane, Kang. What happened with the actor that plays Kane? Oh, so yeah, the, again, before I slander him, Jonathan Majors they had some domestic violence uh, allegations and was arrested. That's not for real, right? Come on. According, this is CBS News. Jonathan Majors, according to the revised assault charge, Majors' accuser alleges he pulled her finger, twisted her right arm behind her back, struck and cut her right ear, and pushed her into a vehicle, causing her to fall backwards. Um, that's, again, CBS News. So, but there was also... So as Marvel said that they were not going to use There was it? also other potential accusers that were coming forward, but I, I haven't heard much else about that. So, again, you know, <laughs> they're centering this galaxy, or at least the villain of this galaxy, on, the, on a guy who's has domestic abuse allegations to answer for. So definitely going to muddle this future, I, I believe. So I think in this circumstance, though, you just replace the actor, right? I mean... Probably. You can still do... I mean, I... The, the, the I think the public will understand what well, you're the, doing. The the I guess the thing is is that once they saw the you know some of the dailies and while while they were filming Ant Man is when they made that decision that you know this could be our Thanos this is this might be our guy so they may just scrap it and go back to some other original plan that they had and not sure um, but yeah that would make sense to me that yeah you just got to find another oh, actor. Oh, they're way too. F- 
They're way too far down the rabbit hole. So anyhow, uh, I think from here on forward, we'll be go- getting into kind of spoilers of this movie. But, uh, you know, Slavic and I both enjoyed it. And uh, so check it out. Uh, but we're going to we're going to start spoiling the movie here. I'd like to see it again, honestly. Yeah, so would I. So as far as like some other kind of specific stuff here, Slavic, you know, we're not going to give a plot recap. If you've seen the movie, you've seen it. But what did you think about them kind of not reuniting uh, Quill and Gamora? Again, I think we, you and I talked about this movie. We were like, oh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. The movie's basically going to be about them trying to find Gamora in the galaxy somewhere. And they like within the first 20 minutes of the movie or maybe, maybe it might have been a little bit deeper into it. Like Gamora just appears out of nowhere. Thought that was a little odd the way that they the way they handled that, but it was I, I was also more interested about the fact that she's not into him and the movie wasn't about them rekindling their love at all. It's interesting to me that Marvel as a whole, other than Pepper Potts and Iron Man, really hates relationships. Every relationship that has some type of startup crumbles strange um, or uh yeah keep going captain america that that one stayed but you know he was frozen in time and she... i mean captain america he had to go back into time and like but like hulk and scar um the witch i'm uh, not witch uh black widow captain um, america and black widow just, that's bullshit that's all <laughs> in your head you want that to happen that's a fantasy of yours <laughs> Just like my fantasy is you doing Legos, that's your fantasy. <laughs> so I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that that's the way they handled it. But quite honestly, the comic books are filled with romance and these guys kind of cross-pollinating. Like Vision and Scarlet Witch, like that's crumbled. I mean, Marvel, for whatever reason, doesn't like these things lasting. Well, he, so, Vision died, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it didn't really, but I mean, that, I guess it. They didn't have to do. It's a movie. They didn't have to do that, Wade. He he he's still alive. He's still married to Jennifer Connelly. He's doing fine. I thought it was interesting that the way that they used him not being selfish about it as kind of redemption for him being acting selfishly and basically killing half of the universe when uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, when they were trying to rip Thanos's glove off. You know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a redemptive arc for him to be able to move past his ego and realize that, you know, this is a different person and she doesn't have to love me. You know, I can still have my love for her, but she doesn't have to love me for, you know, me to be satisfied. Well, I mean, the ending is awesome, right? Where there's that moment where they're back to back and and she asks, uh, I bet we were fun together. And he's like, you have no idea. But then to have her with the Ravagers, yeah. Ravagers, um, partying together and like being included with the family. I don't know. I thought that was really well done. I mean, I wanted her and and Quill to tie the knot, but there was a good ending. And I love the fact that they set up him and um, what's her name? Nebula. Uh, Nebula. I think that, to me, that's even more intriguing if they could pull that off. Well, that was kind of the next thing I want to talk about is it, it is pretty interesting that, you know, Nebula was... It's like I knew what I was doing with that segue. By Nebula the was the, you know, the villain in the first movie and is in, and, the, and the second movie. And then they 
basically she's in as part of Endgame. She's become she starts starts to make this kind of turn, and it was really interesting to see her development in this in this movie. And you know, again, like you said, there was some flirting between her and Quill that I thought was kind of funny. Well, she the thing that I thought was pretty interesting was that she kind of took on the role of what black widow was with the avengers Mm -hmm. right she became kind of the mother hen she made sure everybody was okay getting everything she did it in a very direct old-fashioned way but you could tell she really cared about everybody and and she had everybody everybody's back and her development i mean if you look at where she came from in the story arc from where she first entered on screen to where she is now i mean it's night and day like as far as a character development Pretty, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, one thing that really got me for some reason in the movie was once we're, we're in the spoiler section. Once, once Rocket came uh, out of his coma or, or whatever, you know, out of his, she was again being that she is robotic, but she was very moved and 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 like happy to hear Rocket's voice and like I don't know that it just was kind of nice, you know, that I didn't realize that I cared as much as i did about her happiness but it was it was nice you know made me feel something in the theater which i thought was interesting i mean the emotion of this movie it really hits and it just makes you like it even more i mean the one thing that i i think about a lot maybe because of kids was the part where rocket could talk and the first word he says is hurts yeah i mean that grinded into my head tough like holy cow and you're and you're like this this dude is really a fucked up dude i mean there were so many emotional swings the gomorrah and quill thing the um with you know the decision to kind of break up the guardians at the end spoiler alert type thing and then like mantis and um drax you know when she's leaving he's like well i'll just go with you and she's like no and he doesn't understand and you're like Fuck, that's tough. Because I actually thought they were going to be a couple. (laughs) So I thought, man, for a silly kids movie, it's pretty good. Uh, Speaking of Manus, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, she didn't appear until the second Guardians movie. In, like you mentioned, the Christmas special, they revealed that she's, whatever, Quill's half-sister. But they, you know, they definitely gave her more to do. And I think kind of at the expense of Drax and Groot, but... Just, I, I thought it was an interesting. I, you know, I think she's an interesting performer. I thought it was exciting to, to you know, s- see her kind of branching out. And I don't know if she'll ever come back, you know, or if this is a, you know, just kind of a, a farewell to her. But uh, I thought it was interesting the way they handled that. So I, man, I hope she comes back because she's pretty fun as a, as a character, especially again. Where you first meet her, she's a bit of a slave and a little bit recluse. You know, she she's kind of quiet. And then to be like the one of my favorite parts in the movie is they're all floating in those different color suits to that organic thing that's out in space. And if you look, four of them are like doing like normal floating towards the and she's flipping upside down, mm-hmm. <laughs> being sideways. And it just that it just really cracked me up. Yeah, it was crazy to me that it got unveiled in the Christmas special that she's the brother or this brother, the sister. Pretty funny. One other major item that they you know, or one one other plot development they had there was 
they you know quill goes out to or tries to he's saving the the ipod or whatever the whatever the, the zune and he nearly dies and he they you know his face gets puffy and what have you and then warlock who we'll get to comes out and saves him i mean do, in that moment did you did it seem right fitting for you for him to die or were you worst part of the movie worst part of the movie for me because when he's floating so the first guardians he literally floats in space for like 20 minutes saving gamora and now all of a sudden i'm i gotta believe that somehow he doesn't have those powers because i mean he's the son of a god didn't he have the godlike creature didn't he have the mask on when he was saving gamora the first takes the mask off and gives it to gamora so she lives but he's he even looks at the Ravengers when they show up. I mean, so I was pretty pissed off by this scene. I know why they did it. I know what they were trying to accomplish. I, you know, but in the end, I thought it was poorly executed. I thought it was just kind of a cheap, or... cheap manipulation. Um, exactly. In the trailers, they showed the one of the scenes early on where nebula's carrying him and he looks like he's dead now it turns out he was only drunk or or what have you and that was in one of the first scenes of the movie and you know they kind of build this as as the end of the guardians because james gunn's going off to do dc so i i just it just felt kind of cheap to me uh for them to do that i'd much rather they they left that out but yeah i don't disagree uh we hit on him a little bit but uh you know yeah, do you, you? I know. I know you only have dogs, but uh, do you feel anything uh, special for these these other pets that that they had in the cages there? Teeth, Floor, and Lila. I just thought that they were developed pretty well. Super emotional, especially after that hurt comment. You're realizing that these poor animals, these poor living beings, are just there as experiments for this dude who is the greatest and the worst shot at the same time because he misses rocket but kills all three of them or all two of them yeah, that was tough after lila gets shot what is it a, it's a mouse or is it a rabbit it's a rabbit it's a rabbit and he rabbit, and, the, yeah. and it's you know the rabbit seems floor but and and the floor is panicking he's like or maybe it's she. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl but you know t floor rocket go now t floor rocket go now and it's like I was, I was like crushed inside, you know, this, this, this little bunny is scared out of its mind and, and wants to go and, you know, save themselves. And then for, you know, more gunfire to have, you know, no more hail of bullets and you turn around and now that rabbit's dead. <laughs> like, you know, this is PG 13, but I was just like looking at my kids like, Oh my God, like what, what, what did they just have to watch? Um, so yeah, it was tough. I agree. I, so I don't think I could take Ella to this cause I don't think she would like that whole scene. I don't think she would like any of that with the caged animals Yeah, or the caged kids for that matter. This movie also had an F bomb in it. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> The fuck was it like the fucking door? Yeah, it was like Remind open the fucking door or something the like that. Door. <laughs> Which and it was so unnecessary, but it was like whoa. Yeah, I mean it's exactly how I. I mean I would say like that's exactly how people talk. So I, kudos to them for doing it. I don't know how they got the PG thirteen. Yeah, James Gunn taking a one final swing on the way out the door, killing rabbits and saying, <laughs> dropping f bombs. But 
Isn't it crazy that he's not gonna be in the Marvel world anymore, though? Like, it, that kind of kills me. But I mean, I'm sure he'll be back, right? I I don't know. I mean, he's got he's got a Superman movie lined up, and he's supposed to be you know the Feige of the DC universe. So I I can't you know I don't know I don't know that he's gonna have time. You know, maybe I would assume they could consult him on you know we'll kind of get to where the Guardians franchise goes from here. But maybe they like. I would maybe they would consult him on some dialogue or something like that, but I can't imagine that he's going to write a full movie and direct a full Marvel movie when he's running DC movies. I mean, it was Suicide Squad that did it do that well? The second Suicide Squad did pretty well, but again, that was a uh, one that was released, you know, day and date on HBO Max, so it did pretty well in the theaters, even though that it was also released on HBO Max at the same time. But also, you know, he did. Your favorite show, the John Cena show. I can't think of the name of it right now. Patriot. That Peace, was a great Peacemaker. show. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great show. I love that show. I got to rewatch that. So I heard that they're, they're going to find a new Superman, too, that Henry Cavill's out, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the plan. So I don't know. That, that kind of sucks because I thought he was really good as, as Superman. Yeah, you like The Witcher, too. So Fuck that. I didn't. I didn't Witcher's a fail. Fail. So a couple other characters I just wanted to talk about. What did you think of the the kind of the new, well, the newer character? Again, he starts off as a villain, but uh, has a kind of hero turn at the end. Uh, This warlock who was, I don't know what race that he was, but it's the, he's the daughter or the, excuse me, he's the son of uh, Elizabeth Debicki's uh, high priestess or whatever the hell her name and character was. So I thought he was, he had a really good arc. I thought he was played pretty well by um, the actor that played him. Um, Will Poulter. What I was sad about was how his mom, who you're calling his mom, just kind of ended. I thought she was a pretty interesting character. And to learn that she was just made by the high evolutionary was kind of an interesting thing because of how pompous she was in the second one. Mm -hmm. So I thought... it just kind of sucked that she kind of had a quick end. But I liked Warlock. I, I was surprised that he was there at the end uh, with the new Guardians, which was kind of... Yeah, I didn't I didn't really care for it a whole bunch. It, it, it kind of distracted. But, you know, they gave him a purpose at the end when he saved Quill. From what I know of Warlock, he's a, he's a beloved comic book character, but he's also like superman or captain marvel and that he's overpowered so i thought it was pretty interesting that they had this whole construct of a story uh you know of his character that he was hatched early so he's kind of dopey and so he's he's super powerful but he's also again just not mature or hasn't aged enough to fully comprehend his powers and you know he's kind of uh you know he's a man baby so I, I thought that was like the two of us. Yeah. Kind of interesting, but I felt like a little bit of the, the, the Marvel overstuffing, you know, that, that I've railed at in the, in other movies. But um, in the end, like I said, they did give him kind of a, kind of a purpose. What did you think of the, the, the main villain here, the high evolutionary? I know you just said he was kind of despicable and a bad shot, but you know, did as far as, Good you know, shot. we always talk about, we always talk about the the best Marvel villains are the ones that have a have a purpose or a you know where they're you might think they're kind of right. I mean, he did he was trying to improve the human race or, or or 
you know, basically make a, a master race, I guess. Well, he was trying to make which, a utopia, right? And so yeah. I thought in this movie it works really well. I mean, I think he's got – he's smart. He's calculating. He's not easily bested. Um, you don't know that if he lives or dies at the end, which is an interesting thing. And if I take that and I look at Strange 2, you never really fully understand – why Scar why Scarlet Witch is doing what she's doing and the reasons why she's doing it when you peel the onion back don't make a ton of sense. So I think he's much more Thanos like. You know, is there an opportunity with the scandal with um the other actor to move him into maybe he's somehow connected mm. to that dynasty? Yeah, I don't I don't know. But um I thought he was interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. I, I would have preferred that they... It seemed like there was something cut out. Uh, there was a scene with where Rocket is in the cage and the High Evolutionary comes in and it looks like he's like struggling with his health or something. And they say something like, the High Evolutionary just had another treatment or something. But they don't really ever explain that. And then his power set is also kind of... I don't know if it's just technology-based or, or what have you. It just wasn't real clear what, you know, again, what his power set was. But... I, I did think he it was it was an interesting uh, motivation that he had that you know basically this this raccoon was the only person that he ever found that was smarter than him you know that that motivated him and drove him to kind of madness um, and you know made a kind of singular focus the the people around him were like you know kind of let it go or or what have you but he was he just had that singular focus and that was his his downfall his, his major flaw so yeah. that was kind of interesting yeah was there uh any you know scenes or anything else that we you know you want to talk about anything the else you liked about this kind of specifically what did you think of the uh the the no sleep till brooklyn fight scene in the in the corridor there i thought that was really well done kind of a last hurrah for the team kind of they all they all kind of worked as a big team which was neat one thing i wanted to make a comment on is that i'm not sure i needed rambo in this movie i know he was established a couple couple runs before you can call him sylvester, sylvester stallone is rambo I, again it's a little overpopulated but i guess he's only in for a couple of seconds i have nothing against him but that was yeah, a little I, unnecessary. I, I thought that was kind of weird that, you know, Gamora had just joined up with that band of Ravagers that we, we were introduced to in the second movie. But I don't know. I, I would have preferred a, another explanation of Nebula finding Gamora than just kind of it, it felt like shoehorned in to bring back Stallone and the crystal faced person and whoever else who are apparently in the guardians carrot comics but you know they they have they have more fleshed out roles than they have in these movies the i did think that back to that no sleep to brooklyn kind of fight scene in that little corridor there i thought that was super cool in the way that they filmed it and the way the camera moved throughout there i thought that was really awesome just as a nitpick like no sleep to brooklyn was also used in a super mario brothers movie which i saw like a week before this so it's like there are other good Beastie Boys. Didn't even connect those dots. There are other good Beastie Boys songs. Like we we can move on. We can, you know. I, I want the Beastie Boys. I don't mind that the Beastie Boys are licensing their music, you know, with it, you know, R. I. P. M. C. A. But uh, you know, they, they would like Mike D and Ad Rock to make money. Uh. But, you know, like let's let's license some other music, some other songs, you know? What about She's Crafty? What about 
you know, slow and low. Big show. Speaking of, what did you think of the the music? The music selections here, you know, the the awesome mix, Volume One and Volume Two are such kind of staples of of the Guardians franchise. But this one had a, you know, they've moved to that Zune, so it's not just kind of late seventies, early eighties music. Um, what did you think of this kind of mix of mix of music? And was there uh, songs that really stuck out to you? So it's interesting. The music in the first one really stood out to me. The music in the second one was good. Other than the one scene down the hallway, it's the only piece of music that really resonated. Hmm. I know the Flaming Lips was in it. Do you realize, I think, was the song they had in it. Yep. It was interesting that they was. I thought it was a little on the nose, but it was effective when they they opened with Rocket singing the acoustic version of "Creep" by Radiohead. You know, I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo, and you know this this movie's basically about Rocket being this mutant and him trying to find his purpose. It was pretty interesting, but yeah, I think the I actually I prefer the the second awesome mix. There's a you know one of my favorite Sam Cooke songs on there. There's a great Cat Stevens songs at the end. I thought this was, again, kind of hit or miss. Pretty interesting that they used that Space Hog song in the meantime as they were floating in the, you know, with in the rainbow towards the, uh, towards the planet. But yeah, like I said, No Sleep Till Brooklyn was, again, kind of a miss for me musically. But uh, I love that scene. And then Florence and the Machine is like a that that Florence and the Machine song that they're all dancing to at the end, back on Nowhere, is like a song from 2012. Which seems a little late in the you know for for a Zune yeah. device to be. Did you have a Zune? I did not have a Zune. You know, I was I've always I, been an iPod I had guy. One. Yeah. So I had one. The other thing I wanted to I just James Gunn just literally spent a hundred grand probably to play Badlands in the credits. I mean, Bad you know, Badlands by Bruce Springsteen, iconic song, and it's used in the credits. Like that's just like a flex. Like. To Marvel, it must have been like an F you to Marvel. I mean, I just can't imagine any other reason to use it. I, I mean, it's a great song, but if you're going to pay for it and just to put it in the credits, like, wow. Like, that's <laughs> that's crazy to me. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on it. Yeah. That it was playing. What did you think of kind of where this movie leaves off? You know, we get two cutscenes at the end. The first being, I believe that, you know, these kind of reformed guardians. So it's Rocket Groot. Uh, Craglin, who's uh, that's actually James Gunn's brother that you know has the arrow, and then there's who else is there? There's Warlock, Warlock, and then that girl, and then the little one of the little girls that uh, you know Drax and Manus save. Do you think that they could make movies with with those Guardians, or is that you know does that seem like kind of a pipe dream moving forward? So no, I think they can because in the final scene they let you know that. Star-Lord will be back, right? So if it's Guardians plus Chris Pratt, I think they have a shot. Like I think you mentioned to me in one of our conversations that Marvel doesn't have a lot of star power left. Mm -hmm. um, and Chris Pratt is probably, of the folks that are left, probably the biggest star and the biggest draw. So, yeah, I think that Marvel can do anything. I mean, let's be honest. They can make anybody anything work. But with Chris Pratt still out there. And quite honestly, Gamora and Drax are the only two that have said they're not coming back, right? Mantis is still out there. Mm -hmm. Nebula is still out there. So you're going to get a better chunk. And when an Avengers movie comes out, which we should talk about that. Because how many movies 
are out now since Endgame that are standalone superhero movies without an Avengers. Mm-hmm. Because if I remember right, there was seven before the first Avengers came out, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta be we gotta be in double digits with the amount of movies, right? Well, uh, but we'll get to that. But the so I I wanted to just talk about that other the second cutscene because there was something interesting there. It, it, that second cutscene is Quill back on Earth with his grandpa and he's kind of quibbling with his grandpa about mowing the lawn or something like that. But yeah, it ends with the amazing Star Lord will return. Not the Guardians of the Galaxy will return, but the Amazing Star Lord will return. I mean, like you said, they can do anything they want, and maybe he would join up with this other band. But I just I thought it was interesting that they used that combination of words instead of the Guardians, because you know, it would are they would they make a Star Lord TV show? Would they make, or is Star Lord just going to pop up in the Avengers movies moving forward? I mean, it, it, you know, who knows? I'm not asking. I guess I'm not asking you, but I, because uh, I know you don't know either. But uh, just kind of interesting construct there. I mean, I'd like to see him again. I'd like to see like a reconditioned a Guardians. I think they're going to follow the same mode or model that the Avengers are going to have to, right? The Avengers, that whenever they decide to get them going, are going to be in, in pretty much a new team. So. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Guardians, but but yeah, back to the Marvel. It it is interesting. I I I don't think they have a an Avengers movie planned until twenty twenty five was supposed to be the Kang Dynasty. But yeah, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies since Endgame, and you know that includes Spider Man, which is a co production with Sony, but two spider-man movies so if it's just the marvel movies it's it's eight but uh yeah they've got the marvels another captain america movie a thunderbolts movie and again all these movies are not being filmed right now due to the uh the wga strike which we might get to then we got blade we got another deadpool movie and then supposedly fantastic four which it and then leading us into the Kang Dynasty. So that'll be so that would mean 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 movies before we had another Avengers movie, which is it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I you know, it would be interesting to see if they can Is this a mistake? Do you think it's a mistake? They screwed something got screwed up? Well, the mistake to me is something that we've talked about over several podcasts that I I I think this universe is kind of crumbling under its own weight in that when you go see the Captain America New World Order movie or the or the Marvels movie, let's just talk about the Marvels. To understand that movie, or I I, I think people feel like they have to have seen Miss Marvel and they have to have seen WandaVision to know these other two characters. So uh, it's it, there's like a barrier there's an increasing barrier of entry for these movies not only do you have to have to have seen captain marvel and probably avengers and endgame uh, you know something we talked about on the last podcast as a you know 17 year old kid who wants to go see a movie like they it, it starts to feel like homework with this you know god bless them that they were able to string together these 40 properties 
But at some point, it's, it feels like they need to start making these movies kind of more standalone and, and try to get people interested in them for the, the merits of the characters in the movies rather than this one long, continuous string of storytelling. That's the mistake to me. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with you. I think that they are able to push Disney Plus and put these... You want to go see where Captain Marvel comes from? It's on Disney Plus. Go see that and then go check out. I think it's just a a way to get $10 out of everybody's pocket per month. And I, for the most part, think they're pulling it off. Like even the batch of movies that we've seen since Endgame, what, 60% of them we like. 70% we like, right? I mean. No. Yeah. Hard disagree. I mean, Spider-Man we liked. Hard Spider-Man we liked. No. Let's go through the list. Uh, okay, we'll do that list again. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. So th- these were the phase four properties, which are, are the, everything since Endgame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Falcon and Winter Soldier sucked. Eternals sucked. Black Widow, not good. Okay. Black Panther 2, I didn't like. She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Shang-Chi, Hawkeye, Strange 2. Those are all in a in a, a bag that I called bad to really bad. All 10 of those. In the okay to good, yeah. in the okay to good was Thor Love and Thunder, WandaVision, Loki, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Four versus 10 in the okay to good range. And then you have Ant-Man and the Quantum Area, which I had in the in the good range. And then this, I would put this in the good range. So um, it's six to 10. To me, but well, maybe I'm just on a high from the Guardians. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm less optimistic moving forward about it, just because again, it I I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna see it. I'm I'm more worried about what does this mean for movies and theaters moving forward if this golden goose is dying. Well, is it? I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy just made $737 million worldwide. But it's dying? Uh, yeah, you're, you're probably right. It doesn't seem like they're, the the next Avengers couple of movies can do Endgame and Infinity War business. Now we're post-pandemic, but I don't, I think, I don't think that's a reason for it. I think the, there's a reason. The reason is... That there's just kind of waning interest, and I, it's just slowly degrading. And sooner or later, they're gonna have to start cutting budgets, which means not good things for these movie. You know, these movies moving forward. These got they've got to have high budgets to to make them look right, because then yeah, you get people worried about the visual effects on everything, and everything starts to look like that She-Hulk series, which looked like shit. But um, you just went Debbie Downer. <laughs> I, I would say this. Wait for them to prove it, right? Mm-hmm. Star Wars, to me, has proved that they suck. And they don't know what they're doing. And they haven't known what to do, what they are doing ever since they got bought by Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Correct me. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you. Yeah. So, what are your final thoughts? And you have a grade for this movie? I'm probably at 82 for this movie. Wow. That's higher than yeah. I was. Uh, I mean, I, I have only seen it once. I'd like to see it again. But like I said, it's one of my favorite show, one of my favorite franchises within 
I still don't think anything beats Captain America Winter Soldier. I think that is just a really good movie. Mm-hmm. But, man, it, I mean, it's up there for me. It's yeah. really up there. So. I have it as a 69. It's a little bit lower than... Uh, I had Spider-Man No Way Home as a 74. You have those two movies. How'd you land on that number? Yeah. Wait, 69. Because mm-hmm. uh, I have because I, I have ambulance as a seventy, so you know. Oh my God! <laughs> Shut up! Ambulance <laughs> is higher than Guardians. Yes. Yeah, you're crazy. Cinematic achievement. That movie is so bad. I don't know why you like that movie. God damn it! <laughs> what? Where does that come from? Like I said, it was a cinematic achievement. Did we see that together? Yeah, no, did we you didn't. make me go see that I'm, by myself? I made God. you go see it. Oh, made man. you go see it. It's so brutal. So, writer's strike. This is bad news bears for an uh, industry that's already hurting. Yeah. Granted, this is more to do with AI and working conditions, but they asked for $400 million, and the production companies came back with $80 million. Yeah. Yeah, it, so it's I mean, not. It, uh, the str- I mean, the strike obviously affects movies, but it the the biggest quibbles are with TV writing and uh, you know the the proceeds and profits from streaming and how you know it used to be you wrote twenty when you when you wrote a series wrote on a series you had twenty two episodes. And you had a writer's room and what have you. Now, most of our series now are six, eight, 10, 12 episodes max. And so there's less work. There's, you got to find more shows to work on per year. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. They don't seem to be anywhere close to an agreement. And yeah, there's several movies that have stopped filming. There's other movies that are moving forward, but you know, that, that you hear that you've got to have a writer on set to you know if something's not working what have you but other movies are the movies that are moving forward they have to stick to the script they can't improvise they they have to record what's on the script so it's shockingly to me the house of the dragon is still filming and that seems like one that you know they really need a writer on set (laughs) to be able to to work through some things because that you know that ended kind of precariously and you know to be able to change that on the fly would seem to be necessary to make that show work. But anyhow, yeah, it, it I think it's, I mean, it's, a, it's going to affect movies moving forward. It's going to start pushing release dates. So yeah, let's hope they come to some sort of resolution that can keep things moving. But obviously I, you know, I'm a firm believer uh, as a, you know, fan of shows like succession and breaking bad and better call Saul shows that are immaculately written. Writing is, the key to a lot of storytelling and, and from what I hear, I, it doesn't seem like what the writers are asking for there. There's good cause for what they're asking for. So hopefully the writers get what they want in these studios and these uh, streaming services and other production houses can, uh, can pony up and, and we get this back on the right track. I think what it, what it will mean long-term is that there's going to be less TV shows. You know, this, all this kind of avalanche of TV that we've had over the past 10 years where, you know, every month there's seven new shows on Netflix and there's new shows on Hulu and what have you. It's going to it's going to cause the cost of producing shows to raise 
um, which means that maybe less things get produced, but hopefully we get higher quality stuff as well. I don't know. I equate this to the same thing that journalists went through with with newspapers kind of dwindling that, you know, news still trying to find how to do it. And I don't think it's a quick and easy solution. Um, the AI thing is really ridiculous from what I read is you can put certain parameters from three or four different shows and it spits out a whole new show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fucking crazy. But So give me what your top 10 TV shows idea is. So, yeah, we've talked about doing a show, where doing a podcast where we have, you know, like we did our top 10 movies, Slavic and I's favorite top 10 movies. I'd like to do a, a top 10 TV shows of all time. But I thought to do a little twist, um, it might be interesting to... Have, are you familiar with the show, the internet series Hot Ones on YouTube? Nope. So it's a very simple premise. There's a a guy interviewing celebrities. He's had recently Jason Sudeikis, uh, uh, Kieran Culkin on, and they have prepared hot wings in front of them from mild oh yes i have seen this yes i'm sorry (laughs) mild to hot and i think it would be interesting for us to go through our top 10 shows while we do the hot wing challenge or whatever that you want to call it and see if we can keep our shit together while we discuss our favorite shows we do these so how hot like suicide wings yeah like super fucking hot oh that's so dumb i'll only get through like one show but but you do but you know it starts off mild. They don't start to really. I, mean, I haven't done it, but they don't start to really get hot till you get to like the fifth or the sixth wing. But you know, you just you do one wing per show as you go through it, and I just think it would be an interesting twist on our on our concept to do the the kind of the hot ones thing while we uh, do our top ten shows. I mean, aren't we just ripping this guy off? Well, yeah, we are, but. It's you know we're we're talking about our shows instead of doing an interview. I I don't know. I thought it would be fun. It'd be interesting. It'd be much better. Much better. I'm on in video. the the problem is and we can video it too. The problem that I see though is I can't eat a wing for three weeks. Well, it gives you time to put your list together because I know you're putting a whole lot of thought into it already. Um, but wait a minute. We don't think we should do a podcast between now and then. I didn't say it has to be our next podcast. Oh, okay. All right. So, because I'm assuming you want to do one on Succession, the the we need to we we probably probably need to do a Succession finale um, episode once uh, once you've gotten through that. Yeah. And uh, what else? Anything else you've been watching? No, actually, I've been pretty limited on what I've been watching. I just haven't had a ton of time. I've been trying to get through succession. The one thing that really kind of fell off in my eyes was Ted Lasso. I am struggling to get through that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I'm... I don't know why it lost its magic for me, but it did. I'm only about halfway through it, and I'm just not interested in most of the storylines. Like the Nate stuff, the, the Keely stuff with her new girl boss... And it's just not interesting to me. I mean, basically, and, and Ted shtick is, I mean, for being for such a high and how much I enjoyed that shtick, it's so stale to me now. And they've given Roy basically nothing to do in this season other than to grunt right. and tell people to fuck off. Like, it's, 
it's really i don't i don't know what's missing but there's definitely some magic missing there and it's it's finale is today and it's supposed to be a, basically a series finale from what they announced today so um, i'll have to catch up and give some thoughts once i get all the way through it barry also finished last night or monday night sorry sorry sunday night um, how that, did that go did you like it yeah, I dug that a lot. It's you know not as high on my list as Succession is, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, another show that I picked up it's it's a documentary, but it's Hundred Foot Wave. It was also uh, appearing on on Max um, before Barry and Succession. Really interesting show, but again, it's about surfing in basically Portugal. This you know the the biggest waves out there really interesting because these people are just friggin' nuts that they're willing to kill themselves to just go surfing where did you find this can you can you explain that to me a surfing show off the coast of portugal yeah it's a it's and this is interesting to you it's on before succession i mean that's where i found it it's it was on hbo <sighs> max that's crazy but the other thing i watched a bunch of movies over the weekend uh Nothing really worth uh, mentioning, but I found myself kind of in Gen Z land. I was catching up on uh, some movies. I I watched Bodies, 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 uh, and Missing, and the prequel to the the horror movie X. I watched Pearl, and again, they were all kind of seem seemed like they were more targeted to to Gen Z than they were targeted to me. Is there any movies coming up in the theater that you're interested? I know we had that conversation before, but there's been some new. Maybe they're not this year, but they're up and coming next year. There's one science fiction movie that looks really incredible with this AI. Yeah, well, have you seen that? The Gareth, uh, it's a Gareth Edwards movie. Looks really interesting. And it has Denzel Washington's son in it again. Well, not again, but we loved him from Tenet. Yeah, so Gareth Edwards has a movie coming out called The Creator. It looks really interesting. It's I think it's I think it's an October movie, but yeah, Gemma Chan, John David Washington. Looks pretty interesting. Ken Watanabe. So yeah, I'm 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 excited for that one. But the Spider-Man movie, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, comes out this Friday. So I'm I'm excited to go see that too. But you know, there's been new trailers for Oppenheimer and Barbie uh, that I haven't watched. Oh yeah, but... I'm not interested in Barbie, but I'll go see Oppenheimer. That that might be pretty good. You just said the Barbie was like an eight on your list last week. What are you talking about? Well, I said that because I, if you remember, thank you. I was going to go with my daughter, so thanks. Okay. It's not a movie I really want to see, brah. Just like Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers Lego wasn't, Master. wasn't half bad. Oh, my God. It was bad. Come on. All right, we got anything else? No, other than unless you want me to. What were you going to say? What was, were you going to say? I was going to start singing Peaches from Super Mario Brothers. Jesus Christ. All right, man. I think we've covered it all. Time to go to bed. Get up and go to the gym in the morning. Yep. All right. Peace out. Bye. That concludes the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'd love to get your support and your opinion of the podcast, so please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Deep Shots Pod and on Facebook, Deep Shots Podcasts. Email your comments, opinions, and future show suggestions at deepshotspod at gmail.com. Stay safe. Much love. Bye.